All right, all right, okay, okay. What's up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Guys, put the facts a like always, of course. Hope you guys are doing great on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. It is really nice out there. Probably the most beautiful day here in New York right now, I could say. Weather is beautiful, just the way I like it. Not too hot, not too cold. It's just perfect. Hope you guys are doing great. This is my AEW Dynamite. What of you? What a show we had. What a show it was. I thought it was a good show. I thought it was a good show, to be honest. You know, we know we got Double or Nothing coming up next month. We also got a special event coming up before Double or Nothing next month. Can't wait to get into that. But let's jump right into the show. So the show kicked off. The show from early on in the day yesterday. Seeing the Inner Circle arrive to Daly's place. That was pretty badass. Because, you know, the Inner Circle are going to respond to the Pinnacle. You know what the Pinnacle did to them back on March 10th. And now, obviously, the Inner Circle did last week get a redemption on the pinnacle so we'll see what that leads to but we get to the first match of the night right away hangman adam page versus platinum max caster let me just say this right here i fucking love max caster this guy i'm about to say this kid but he's 31 but still he is awesome he is money i want to see this kid's future world champion i fucking love him he fucking said some shit right there in his rap about joe biden falling down like the plane in the Air Force One, I was like, whoa. I was like, whoa there, Max. Take it easy a little bit. I was like, holy shit. Well, he said a lot of whole shit, like cancel you, like Dr. Seuss. Like he said that revolution and it said blood on my hands, like Governor Cuomo, back a revolution as well. This man does not care. You know, he was talking about Lady Gaga's dog walker before revolution, when he, before he faced uh, Preston Vance number 10. I was like, this motherfucker, man. Gotta love this guy. We know he's got heat up his ass right now. That's why I love him. This is the edginess that people have wanted for a long time out of wrestling. So don't get mad when it happens. I'm sure what he said right there about Joe Biden is going to offend a lot of people. I'm sure that's going to. But holy shit. I was like, whoa. I didn't expect that. But these two right here, they were fighting for the number one rank. The number one ranking in AEW, you know, obviously the number one rank is the number one contender for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. So I, we already knew that Hangman was going to win. They weren't going to give Caster the win unless you're going to somehow turn him babyface, which doesn't make any sense. They weren't going to do that. But him and Hangman put on, I could say, a decent match start off the show. You know, Hangman is fucking awesome. Like, Caster is getting better by the day. Like, his fucking raps are awesome. His ring, his skills in the ring, you know, they're not that bad, to be honest. They, have, they do see a bright future in him because they put him on Revolution right there in the ladder match, so they obviously see something in him, which is pretty good because he's got a lot of talent. His ring work is, it's, you know, he's okay in the ring. I'm not going to really put him over that much in the ring, but, you know, he's okay. He'll only get better. His mic skills are off the chart. I know people have called him a bootleg John Cena. I'm like, but whatever, to be honest. It's just you never could satisfy wrestling fans. Someone's always going to say something stupid. But him and Hangman put on a decent match. You know, Anthony Bowens is back from injury. So it was great to see him back as well. He got involved a lot of times, obviously, you know, with the boom box and trying to distract Hangman. So, you know, he did his heel, you know, his heel tendencies, which was good. So it was great to see him back as well because I know that I think he had a shoulder injury, I believe. So it was great to see him back, you know, doing what a heel does, getting involved, which was great. You know, uh, there was like there was one spot in the match where Max Castle was going up for a suplex on Hangman to the top rope, and he slipped. 
and then he redid it. So I caught that right there. You know, like I said, his ring work needs a little more work in the ring, which is fine. I'm not knocking him at all. Some people are probably going to say that as well, like, you know, from that match. Because a lot of people are going to notice that. They're going to notice the mistakes. You know, it's all right, though. He's still young. Like I said, his mic skills off the charts. Ring work, yeah, he can improve a little bit in the ring. That's all I'm going to say. But he's good. He's got a lot of heat. He has got a lot of fucking heat. That's why you got to love this guy. But him and Hangman, like I said, put on a decent match. You know, Hangman was going for the buckshot lariat. And Bowens got involved. And Hangman did a flip on him. And then he was able to get the buckshot lariat this time on Caster. One, two, three. So Hangman and Page holds on to the number one ranking in the men's division in AEW. Decent match, like I said. Decent match. You know, we got a bright future right here. Hangman, we know, has a bright future. You know, he's handled the big stage pretty well on TNT. You know, Caster, like I've said, I'm not going to repeat myself. You already know what I said about him. You know, they put on a decent match, and I enjoyed it. That was a decent match. Really thought it was a decent match. You know, so now you look forward to this right now. You know, you know we know Double or Nothing's around the corner. It's next month. It'll be here before you know it. We don't know who Kenny Omega is going to face for the world title yet. I mean, the signs are pointing to Hangman Adam Page. You know, we didn't know who John Moxley was going to face last year, Double or Nothing, until, like, you know, when they went back to Daly's place, then Brody Lee, you know, the late Brody Lee attacked John Moxley, and that's where they set it up. So, yeah, so we might find out, like, next month then. I kind of doubt we'll find out this month. You know, I'm sure, like, next month we'll start talking about Double or Nothing. Okay, like, now we'll start talking about the pay-per-view, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I'd rather Hangman and Kenny go out, maybe, like, an all-out, to be honest. But... We'll see. We'll see what it leads to. We'll see what it leads to right now. Because you have to think, they're going to probably do Christian Cage and Kenny. That seems like the big match right there. And that's not a knock on Hangman. It seems like Kenny's going to drop the title to Christian Cage. That's just my gut feeling. And I wouldn't mind it, to be honest. Because like Christian Cage, he could drop it to Hangman. But obviously, it makes more sense for Kenny to drop it to Hangman instead. It makes more sense. It makes more sense. But like I said... Decent match start of the show. I enjoyed it very much. Seriously did. Let's see. What was the next part right here? Because, you know, sometimes, sometimes I just forget. I got to actually make sure what the next part was. Just give me one second. The next part of AEW Dynamite. Okay, we saw Death Triangle come in the ring. Pack, Ray Phoenix, and Penta Zero Miedo. They're about to get interviewed by Tony Schiavone until Best Friends came out. Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Trent, and Chris Statlander. They all came out. And I actually like right there. See, like, see right there, AEW doesn't insult their audience. They don't insult us. They went back into the past right there. Some people probably were thinking, like, why are your best friends out there? They have no beef with Dead Triangle. Oh, but they do. They do. Back at Revolution last year, you know, Pac beat Orange Cassidy. And then the Dynamite following, and that's where Pac formed that triangle and there's been you know attacks you know there was a couple months after that where Ray Phoenix you know kicked uh, Orange Cassidy right in the face so there you go there is some beef there and best friend said there's unfinished business and Pac you know was telling him like to jog on like go away and we know you want to come after the future AEW World Tag Team Champions because next week on Dynamite it'll be the Young Bucks Matt Jackson Nick Jackson versus Death Triangle, Pack, and Ray Phoenix for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Most likely will be the main event, and I can't wait for that match. But best friends, like they said, they have unfinished business, and this time they have an alien with them. So maybe a woman's going to join Death Triangle, because when they even up right there, it's an eight-person tag team match, you can even it up. Maybe Abaddon, 
She could do, she could join Death Triangle. That's possible. Wouldn't mind it. We'll see though. But now we get to probably the best part of the show. Here comes the inner circle. The inner circle is back. The GOAT, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz, and the Spanish god, Sammy Guevara. I was looking forward to this right away because we know the inner circle is about to get serious. Fucking Jericho, you know, was saying you guys are great, Jacksonville, and we'll, we'll talk to you after the break. That was actually a pretty good cutaway right there. Of course, you got to get your commercials in, obviously. Then we come back, and Chris Jericho probably just cut promo of the year. That was like an old-school Chris Jericho promo. It was great to see him be serious. And he actually apologized to the fans and other people like for their goofiness. But then he really put it on MJF. Like he said, he basically was saying, Jericho, that he wasn't really trying to mentor MJF. He wasn't trying to put him under his wing. He was trying to suck the life out of MJF and put him down. He wasn't trying to help him. He was trying to keep him down, keep him like underwater, basically. Well, that's actually kind of funny because he, he was back. MJF was underwater in the toilet last week when fucking Jericho was getting him a swirly. So there you go. And we do know this. I forgot to mention Iron Mike Tyson's on this show. We'll get to him later on. Just want to mention that real quick because I almost forgot. But Jericho, man, he fucking tore into the pinnacle. Tore into them. He called MJF my jerk off friend. Which I thought was probably the funniest line right there out of everything that he said. And he kept on saying it's MJF. That makes sense. So that was actually pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. You know, and he just like went off on everybody. He, he tore apart Tully Blanchard. Like he basically said like he was like the non-important member of the Four Horsemen. He went after like Dax and Cash. You know, saying like, well, he did, he did put him over a little bit saying they're one of the best tag teams of this generation. But he doesn't even know, like, their names, basically. Like, are you Dax? Are you Cash? Are you Axe? Are you Smash? You know, that's a good reference right there. And we have to Sean Spears saying him rocking a mohawk in 2021 is just wrong. A white mohawk, to be exact. And then he went after Warlow saying it's like, you know, a 13-cent body. <laughs> he can't even count to 21. So that was, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. I think I'm forgetting something else they probably said. Let me actually go check it because I'm, I believe I'm forgetting something else they probably said or that Jericho said. Let's see. Well, he did say MJF was good, but nowhere as great, you know, as MJF believes he is. And you know, also Jericho mentioned that MJF is a max himself, like you know, like, like you know, like they're a mark, but he's like a max. And all of a sudden, a clipboard from MJF wants to steal any more of his gimmicks. So he called Tully a third string of the four horsemen, which was pretty funny. And also Sean Spears, you know, the only thing he sees out of Sean Spears is is calling, is a phone call crying about him getting fired from the Fed. And yeah, Warlow's a million dollar brain but a 13 cent body. So he really just tore into them. But we know that the inner circle babyfaces right now. It's great to see Jericho's babyface now. We haven't seen Jericho's babyface since, I guess you could say, like what, 2017, 2018, I guess you could say. Because I know his run in Japan, he was mostly a heel, I believe. And his whole run in AEW, he's been a heel. So it's great to see him back as a babyface. And it was great to see him in a circle be serious, you know. Because we know they had done their comedy acts here and there. And it was getting old after a while. It was funny for a little bit. Like when they, when they did the whole bubbly bunch things, they weren't all there together. So that was, that was cool because they couldn't really be all together at that time. 
So that was kind of cool, but after a while, the, you know, comedy got annoying. But then Jericho mentioned Blood and Guts. And we know last year they were supposed to do Blood and Guts on March 25th at the Prudential Center in Newark between the Elite and the Inner Circle. But now this time, this time we're going to do it for real. So Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle, they challenged the Pinnacle to a blood and gu- the Blood and Guts match on May 5th on AEW Dynamite. For those who don't know what a Blood and Guts match is, it's War Games. That's what it is. It's like, you know, the stuff they do at NXT, you know, like NXT TakeOver War Games or what they used to do back in WCW. Because it was WCW thing, it wasn't NXT, but you, you know what I mean. That's what it is. It's, like, it's War Games. That's what it is. That's what Blood and Guts is. So I can't wait for that. That is going to be awesome. I, I believe, I believe they should have probably saved it for Double or Nothing. But they were actually going to do it on Dynamite already, so it makes sense to do it on Dynamite. You know, I believe... I believe the Inner Circle is going to win, in my opinion. I don't think people should get mad. Because MJF already has one up on Chris Jericho at full gear. So what you could do is this. You could have the Inner Circle get the win at Blood and Guts. And you could have Jericho and MJF do it again at Double or Nothing. Like him and Jericho go one-on-one. Because you could say now they're one-on-one against each other. So there you go. And you could have MJF beat him on pay-per-view again. Do something like that. I'm all for it. I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fucking awesome. Blood and guts, man. I was waiting for this last year. Now it's coming back this year. For real this time. Thank God. But some promo by Jericho. Then we go backstage and we saw Christian Cage get interviewed. And Taz comes along. And he says he wants Christian Cage to join Team Taz as he has a lot of knowledge he can pass on to his guys. And Taz says to sleep on it and give you know an answer whenever he's ready. So will Christian Cage join Team Taz? I mean, obviously I'm going to say no. That's not going to happen. I think the big match they're going to do, you could say maybe it might be him and Brian Cage. But Brian Cage seems like he's going to go on his own and be a babyface. I think they're going to do Cage and Starks. Christian Cage and Starks, to be exact. But we'll see, though. It's something there for Christian. It's like, all right, cool. I'm all for it. We'll see what he we'll see what he says. Maybe next week we'll give Taz an answer. But now we get to our next match right here. Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Bear Country. Bear Bronson and Bear Boulder. And I actually like their engine. I like the I like the uh, the mask that they both had. That was actually really cool. And they were sponsored by Godzilla and Kong, so that was that was pretty cool to be honest. And thank God Marco Stunt wasn't there. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord, that he wasn't at ringside. We don't need him getting involved. Please, don't ruin this match. I thought this match was good. It was big for Bear Country and also getting, like, on national television. And this time it was live. You know, it wasn't like St. Patrick's Day Slam where it was taped. This time it's live now. Everybody's fucking watching you, obviously. And I thought they had a good performance. I thought they had a good performance. Luchasaurus did great. Jungle Boy was fucking awesome. JR actually mentioned... I mean, he put over Godzilla a lot. You know, he fucking kept on mentioning he loves Godzilla. So that was pretty cool to see him put Godzilla over. But um, he mentioned about Jungle Boy that he sees him winning either the TNT title or the world title by the end of this year. And this year, we got a long way to go in 2021. I could see Jungle Boy winning the TNT title. I think in the world title, I'd say give him like two more years, he'll be world champion. I think it'd be too early to make him world champion. Because, you know, we haven't really heard... We, we have heard much, we have heard a little bit out of him recently, and he had that big win over Dax Harwood a couple months ago. That was a great fucking match. I was praised by a lot of people. That, was, that match was fucking great. It was a great technical wrestling match. Jungle Boy is awesome. 
I want to hear him speak more. That's the thing, you know. I want to hear him talk a little bit more. So I could see him winning the TNT title this year. You know, with the world title, give him two more years. By 2023, he'll be world champion. And see, that's why I think it's funny. Like, AW, people saying that AEW doesn't build new stars. We have Bear Country that are new stars, basically. You know, and obviously Jungle Boy is a new star. Luke Stars, he's known from around. But, you know, just people saying, it's just people spewing bullshit. But I thought it was a good match, good tag team match. There were a little bit, a couple mishaps I saw, like, in this match. Just a little bit. It's like, all right. I think they're moving, like, too quick. It's like, you know, just take it easy a little bit. Don't fucking rush. You don't have to, like, rush. Just take it easy in this match. But I thought it was decent. I was kind of surprised by the finish when Luchasaurus did, like, uh, that little flip thing he does, like, in the air right there, like, out of midair. I was like, oh, wow, okay. And that was it. I forgot who he pinned off. It was Bear Bronson. I got to get used to, like, their names right there. Bear Bronson or Bear Boulder. It may have been Boulder, I believe. Just got to get used to, like, seeing them. But Jurassic Express got the win, so Godzilla... I guess Godzilla's, I guess you could say win, I, I guess. But whatever, it was a good match, that was cool. And, you know, Jungle Boy impresses me every single time. I think he really needs to go on his own, though. Because like I mentioned, I'm going to mention again, for those who don't know, this is what I think they should do. Like, Jungle Boy should go on his own and be a great wrestler, great superstar, like we already know he's going to be. Luchasaurus can go on his own and be a great big man. Marco Stunt should be an annoying heel. He could be legit an annoying heel manager. And he would get so much heat if that happened. He would get heat up his ass. Like, seriously. That's what they should do. That's what they should do, though. But the next we saw Tony Schiavone interview Sting, and everybody said, oh, my God, they're doing it again every week. I mean, they haven't done it for a couple weeks. They haven't done it since St. Patrick's Day Slam. So they're not doing it every week. You know, it's just great to see Sting get his TV time. Right before, Siobhan, before, before Sting was going to talk, here comes Lance Archer. Well, here comes, sorry, Jake the Snake Roberts. And then Lance Archer came out. You know, Jake the Snake told Sting to shut his hole. And then Archer was pissed off, you know, saying he gets main event match at the main event match. And he disappears after a while. And then Sting grabbed the mic and Sting was fired up saying, you know what, I agree. You do get main event match at the main event match and you disappear. Like, why do you disappear for? You know... He thinks, you know, Archer is a main event talent who should be world champion. And he has, like, you know, why isn't Jake the Snake Roberts helping him achieve that? And Sting basically told Archer, show him it's showtime. And Sting walks off. So maybe we're going to see Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer disband. So maybe it's going to lead to Darby Allen versus Lance Archer. Because I don't know. See, now you kind of think of it, though. It's like, okay. That is true. The Lance Archer gets a main event match and he disappears. Then he gets another one and then disappears again. So it's like, it almost seems like they have nothing for him. That's what it almost seems like. You know? It's just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a little weird to me. It's a little bit weird to me right there. But it is what it is, though. It is what it is, but you'll see what it leads to. But now we saw QT Marshall. He's got a new faction. He's got a new faction. His new faction will be known as the Factory. So it's him, Alex Ogogo, Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo. He actually cut a really good promo with QT Marshall. And he's been doing most of the work out of like the Nightmare family. You know, he also mentioned by Aaron Solo. He's not going to be just known as somebody's ex-boyfriend, you know, because him and Bailey used to date, so that was that was something right there. 
you know, and a go-go, cut a really good promo, like people know him, you know, in England, you know, they love him and every punch that he throws. I'm really intrigued because QT Marshall cut a really good promo, really good promo, like you felt that right there, you know that he's like pissed off, you know, being in Cody's shadow, almost kind of like MJF in a way, you could say, you basically could say that, but we kind of know where this is going to end up, I mean... QT, when they when these teams, because we know Cody's going to have the Nightmare Family, it'll be him, Dustin, maybe the Gun Club, like Colton and Austin Gunn, versus the factory, you know, QT Marshall's new faction. I mean, QT Marshall's new faction should go over. They really should. Because that was some promo by QT. It really was. It really should, though. But now we get to the next match right here. Darby Allen, the TNT champion versus J.D. Drake for the TNT championship. Gotta say, though, you know, I really didn't know much about J.D. Drake at all, to be honest. I, I don't know much about him. I was really impressed with him versus Darby Allen. I really was. Like, Sting, like, he hit Cesar Bernoni with the back as he was at ringside. And then he chased off Ryan Nemeth, who was also at ringside. So it was one-on-one. They put on a good match together. I like J.D. Drake. I like this guy. He was doing some pretty cool shit in this match. Some pretty stiff shots on Darby. Like, when he hit, when he hit him with a chop to start off the match, you saw the mark right there on Darby's chest. I was like, ooh, like, damn. Okay, like, shit. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, that was, like, some chop right there. Like, he really, like, got chopped. Like, I was like, whoa. Some mark there on Darby. And we know J.D. Drake's like a, you know, a much bigger opponent. Like he's 301 pounds, I believe they said. And him and Darby had some good chemistry in this match. Because you know Darby's a much smaller opponent. It's almost like a 200-pound difference. And they put on a good performance. They made it work. They seriously made it work. I want to see more J.D. Drake. I don't, I don't believe he's under contract with AEW. I don't believe that he is. Because I think Shivani mentioned, you know, like how... The TNT title, like, you know, help, like, guys like Eddie Kingston and Ricky Starks come to AEW and get signed. So maybe J.D. Drake gets signed. So that would be that would be pretty cool because I actually want to see more of this guy. He put on a good performance. Put on a good performance against Darby. Yeah, you know, I like the move that Darby did on the top. It wasn't a Canadian Destroyer. It was like a, what was it called? Red Flow, I believe it was called. They did the J.D. Drake off the top rope, then he hit him. With the coffin drop, one, two, three, and my guy Darby Allen retains the TNT title. But then after the match, he got attacked by the Hardy family. You know, the Butcher and the Blade, and obviously Matt Hardy and Party were there as well. And then Allie was going over to the commentator's table, and she was screaming at JR, Excalibur, and Toy Shivani, saying that they need the table raise. Like, she was just yelling at them. Fucking Allie, man, or the bunny, you know. I just call Allie the bunny, or whatever the fuck. She is very underrated. She, like, I like her character. She's a crazy fucking character, which I love. She's a crazy chick. She reminds me a little bit of AJ in a way. I know it sounds kind of like, that's. is that a good comparison? No, but just like, just the character-wise, you know, not promo-wise. We haven't really heard her talk that much. But like, character-wise, I could just see it a little bit. I know it might be, I might be, I might be reaching. Well, actually, no, I, I most likely am. I'm just saying. That's just how I see it. That's how I see it from my point of view. But then we saw the Dark Order and Sting came back out and they chased off the Hardy family. And Tay Conti also attacked. 
attacked Alley. We know they're going to be facing off in a little while, so that was pretty cool. But now we get to our next segment, and we saw Chris Jericho backstage get interviewed by Alex Marvez, and you know they were talking about blood and guts. And then here came the Pinnacle, who just attacked Chris Jericho from behind and took him out outside to the outside to the ring. They're beating the shit out of him, and I was like, we're all like, where's the rest of the inner circle? Where are they? And then Alex Marvez going back, he was backstage still, and the inner circle's locker room was shut, was actually locked from the outside. And they were breaking the door open to get out. So it was going to take him a little while. And as Jericho was taking a beating, he took, you know, that move right there, that little, like, spike pile driver from uh, Dax and Cash. So now you know who they are now. But then, as they set up the table, Warlow was going to go for a powerbomb. Here comes Iron Mike Tyson. Iron Mike Tyson comes out, and he the shit out of Sean Spears. Everybody else got out of Dodge. You could say, oh my god, it's one guy. It's Iron Mike Tyson. Doesn't matter how old he is. He is the baddest man on the planet. And he was getting some shots in on Spears. He was getting in some good shots right there. You know? That was something. And the rest of your circle finally comes down the pinnacle. They ran off. And Jericho and Mike Tyson, they buried the hatchet. They shook hands, and they buried the hatchet. So what I find kind of weird is, like, back in May of last year when they confronted each other, and Mike Tyson was saying, like, Jericho, like, he stole the championship. I think he was thinking of something else. I think he was thinking, like, a month later when Jericho stole the world title from the Undertaker at Elimination Chamber when Shawn Michaels, you know, cost, you know, the Undertaker Elimination Chamber match, and Jericho won. I think he was confused with that. Jericho didn't steal any titles in January of 2010. So that was a little bit weird. I don't think Ty- I think Tyson probably just forgot. It is what it is. But they buried the hatchet. They buried the hatchet. And that's pretty cool, though. It is cool to see Mike Tyson back on Dynamite. See, this is why... And I see people complain. They're like, oh, but this is old WWE garbage right here. Oh, my God. But that's how you get mainstream. Mike Tyson is still a household name. A guy like him and a guy like Shaq, those guys will get you mainstream. And AEW is still a young company. They're not just doing it to spike a rating. They're not doing that at all. That's to get mainstream. That's what every other company has done. That's what WCW did. You know, Carl Malone and fucking Dennis Rodman. They bring in those type of guys. Like those type of athletes they bring in. WWE brought in Lawrence Taylor. They had Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow as the main event at WrestleMania. Which one was it? Like 12, I believe? No, not 12. I think maybe like 10 or 11. I think it was a 95. Right? They had that as the main event. Come on. Seriously? AEW's not going to do that. They won't have a fucking athlete from another fucking, you know, sport main event, you know, fucking pay-per-view. They didn't even have, they didn't even have Shaq main event, the, the Dynamite, uh, the Crossroads episode. He didn't even main event. Which was kind of surprising, but it didn't happen. That's just to get mainstream right there. But it's great to see them bury the hatchet. I can't wait for Blood and Guts. That's going to be fucking awesome. We'll definitely see what the match they put on the car. We know that, that match is probably going to last about an hour. We know that for a fact. So it's going to be, you know, probably like three matches on the card. Like maybe even before that. I'm just saying. And then we saw Britt Baker backstage. And she said, and there's going to be by Shivani. And she said that she should be the next challenger against Karashita for the AEW Women's title. But Britt says ranking shouldn't matter for her. But she says that she's going to climb away up despite her being the most popular female wrestler and will get her wins on dark 
Elevation, and Dynamite. So we know Tay Conti is the number one ranked contender for the AEW Women's World title. And speaking of Tay Conti, we get to the match now between her and Allie the Bunny. These two put on a pretty decent match. We saw the Dark Order ringside. It was great to see Brody Lee Jr. ringside again. And see, I have a big problem with people complaining about this. AEW is taking care of Brody Lee's family, or John Huber, I should say, like his you know, real name, John Huber. Like, they're taking care of him and his family. So it's not a bad thing that they're putting his son on TV with the Dark Order. It's not a problem at all. You know, I think it's really not a problem at all to even see him on TV. It's not. Everybody else is complaining. I'm like, let the kid have some fun. The kid is nine years old. Let him have some fun. It's him, like, honoring his father's memory. They're not milking him. He's not on He's not on every week. They bring him once in a while. Let him enjoy it. Because Tony Khan, he's, he's helping out. He's helping out the Huber family. They're taking care of the rest of their lives. Which is awesome. And to be honest, I don't mean to bring up Vince. Do you think Vince would do that? No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that at all. Do you think he was taking care of the Hart family after one Hart's accident? After one, one Hart part passed away? No. I'm just saying, he didn't even look like he cared that Owen Hart died. I know it's two different things. I'm just bringing up what kind of different bosses Tony Khan and Vince McMahon are. I'm not trying to start a whole thing. I'm just bringing up a point. It's what I see as a fan. I know I'm not there. I'm not a wrestler. I'm not a producer. I'm not there. But it's what I see. It's also what you hear from other wrestlers saying, like, what kind of bosses, you know, different bosses Khan and fucking McMahon are. And Andrade brought up a great, a great point because the WWE president, Nick Khan, said they were looking to bring in like, more like, you know, wrestlers, I guess, from Mexico. And Andrade said, oh, well, more instead of catering. I was like, damn, like, he shot from the hip right there with that tweet. I was like, whoa. It is true, though. It is true. When you have guys like Mentalik and Dorado on the sideline and Garza and Carrillo that should be used not as main event guys, even though I think Mentalik should definitely be used as main event guy. And Garza's a young Eddie Guerrero. I keep on saying it, but nobody believes me. They should be used as stars, but they're not getting used like stars. They're getting used like jokes. Just saying, getting used like as comedy acts, which is annoying. Also, Kalisto, too. I forgot to mention him. Just it is what it is, but still. People should not be getting mad that AEW is having Brody Lee Jr. on the show. Stop getting mad about it. You know what? Then simple. Don't watch that if it bothers you. Like, don't let a, like, a fucking heartfelt moment right here is bothering you. A great thing that AEW is doing is bothering you. You have to be a real sick son of a bitch to fucking hate that. Like, seriously. You need to look yourself in the mirror and say, Wow, I'm really complaining over this? Jesus Christ. Don't be like that. Think about what the kid has went through. Every time I see him on TV, I think about what, what he's going through. This is his happiness right there. To honor his father's memory. To be with the Dark Order. To be with the group his father was with. To honor his memory. Forever. Not to just be forgotten. So stop complaining about it. He's a fucking kid. Leave him alone. Leave AEW alone. Think of Tony Khan as a good person right there. He cares about the fucking wrestlers. He doesn't just see them as props. He actually gives a shit. I, I hate that I gotta keep explaining this to you guys every fucking time. Just saying, guys. 
fucking cut the shit. But to the match now between Tay Conti and the Bunny. Like I said, they put on a decent match. And of course, all the Hardy family out there as well. Backing up Allie. And of course, Dark Order was there for Tay Conti. And Tay Conti has seriously improved. She might be the breakout star in the women's division in AEW in 2021. Because she's improved all. Like I said, the match here with Serena D back on January 13th New Year's uh, Smash Night 2. She put on a decent match. Like, Serena Deep really carried that match. But Tay Conti since then has really improved. You know, she had a great match with Nyla Rose a couple weeks ago. Her and Sheeta had a good performance last week in the tag team match against Allie and um, Nyla Rose. And she put on a great performance against Allie in this match. And Allie did great as well. She really lived up to that fucking, like, you know, that crazy heel. Like, seriously, she was going off. I mean, I actually saw Sheeta at ringside, too. Her, her and Tay Conti kind of have a little bit of an alliance in a way. But we know that Tay Conti's the number one contender for that title. So I don't think Sheeta should be getting too close to her because, you know, you never know. Just saying. But like I said, Tay Conti, she seriously has improved. She seriously has. She won a great match. She beat Allie. It was a big win. It was great for Allie, too. It was a good match. I thought Allie had a good performance, especially on national television. I think it was like her first one-on-one match on Dynamite. So that made it even more special. Like this AEW Women's Division, like I kept mentioning before 2021 started, the Women's Division is really going to blossom in 2021, and it absolutely has. We've seen great match after great match. I mean, obviously, the stinker was the tournament because it really it was it was a letdown. I was, expect, I was expecting Sheeta and Britt Baker, but it turned out to be Sheeta and Mizunami and you could say they gave Mizunami a chance. I mean, yeah. And the match with her and Sheeta was... It was eh, whatever. But we know Britt Baker's going to win that title pretty soon. Well, I keep on saying they should have... They should have Tay to come out for an episode. Do it next week. Have her come out. Like, get interviewed by Shivani. And have her, like, you know, think about, like, Sheeta. You know, she's the number one ranked contender. And, like, she calls out Sheeta. But it's Britt Baker that comes out. And then you could say the next week for Dynamite, like Britt Baker like challenges her to a match, putting her number one rank on the line against Britt. You could do that. Or it does seem like they are kind of saving up for Tay Conti and Sheeta, because she doesn't wrestle her yet. So that's fine. That's fine by me. But now we look into next week. Finally, you know, AEW is gonna be all alone on Wednesday nights. So hopefully they can draw some pretty good numbers. So we know Anthony Ogogo will be making his debut in the ring on Dynamite. So that'll be interesting. We know the show's going to be taped. So it's whatever. We're finally going to get Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. The match we've all been waiting for. They've set it up for a while. We know these two were in the tag team match last month. But now they're finally going one-on-one. And I can't wait. We got Darby Allen versus Big Money Matt Hardy in a Falls Count Anywhere match for the TNT title. So I think that's where they're going to leave off with Darby and uh, and Hardy. You know, I think that's where they're going to leave off right there. And then they'll, they'll probably lead to Darby and Archer most likely. So we'll see. So Falls County, we're like, all right, you know, we know Butcher and the Blade most likely are going to get involved. You know, the Hardy family, most of the Hardy family, or all the Hardy family most likely will get involved. You know, we have to expect that. Would I be surprised if Matt Hardy wins the TNT title? I wouldn't be surprised... Would I hate it? I mean, I would say, yeah. Does he really need the TNT title? No. 
He doesn't really need it. Actually, no, he doesn't need it at all. You know, if a guy really needs it, I would say Archer needs it, to be honest. But not really Matt. He doesn't really need it. But we'll see. We know we got the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, the AEW World Tag Team Champions versus that triangle. That triangle's pack and Ray Phoenix for the AEW World Tag Team titles. And we also got Chris Jericho versus Dax Harwood with Mike Tyson, Iron Mike Tyson, as a special guest enforcer. Interesting. And I'm kind of leaning towards that might be the main event, Jericho and Harwood, which I'm fine with, to be honest, even though I kind of rather Guevara and Harwood. I think that match will be a little bit better. Or you could just do a tag team match. You could do FTR versus Les Sex Gods. They could do that. They could do that. That would actually make a little more sense, but... It's whatever, though. It's whatever. But now we get to the main event of the show right here. Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, and the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, and Doc Gallows versus the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and John Moxley. And let me just say right here, this was a really, really good main event. I thought it was. I seriously thought it was a really good main event right here. I thought the storytelling was good. I thought the storytelling was good because, you know, we saw like the Young Bucks really didn't want to hurt Kenny. And Kenny was trying to like, you know, talk to them. You know, he seemed like he didn't want to get hurt by them. And especially Matt Jackson really didn't want to, he really didn't want to hurt Kenny. But at the beginning, you know, we obviously saw like Gallows and Anderson, the Young Bucks going at it, and John Moxley as well. And Don Callis was on commentary and he was great as always. Um... But, um, but yeah, you know, like, towards, like, getting towards the end of the match, like, you know, Matt Jackson was going to go for a super kick on Kenny, but he couldn't do it. He held back. He couldn't do it. And then Kenny was slapping him and slapping him, and then Matt Jackson went after him and started beating him down and beating him down. And then him and Nick were going to go for the BTE trigger, and then they didn't do it. And then Mox gets in the ring and says, just do it, do it. And they were going for it again. And then again they didn't do it. And then Mox tagged himself in. Drills Kenny with not one but two paradigm shifts as, he, as he's getting in the face of Nick and Matt. Just getting pissed off of them. He's like, you know, basically like, I'm tired of you guys shit. End the fucking match. And then he puts Kenny in the sleeper hole. And then super kick party. Matt hits him with a super kick and then Nick hits him with a super kick. Here comes Eddie Kingston on one leg, basically. Gets taken down by Carl Anderson. And Doc Gowles, and then gets hit with the Magic Killer on the ramp. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. And then Carl Anderson and Doc Gowles come back in the ring. They drill Mox with the Magic Killer. Kenny comes in for the pin. One, two, three. So the AEW World Champion Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers get the win. And you saw Matt Jackson look like he was going to cry. You know, it was pretty good storytelling. I got to admit that. It was pretty good storytelling. You know. And then right after that, right after we saw Don Callis get in the ring. We saw Don Callis get in the ring. And then they picked up John Moxley. Kenny picks him up, and the Young Bucks drill Mox with a beautiful double double super kick party right there, nailing John Moxley down. 
And after that, they all embrace. So the Young Bucks have turned heel. And they're officially now... The Elite now is officially back. The boys are back in town. The Young Bucks have finally joined up with Kenny and the Good Brothers for real this time. That was something, though, I gotta admit. That was something. You know, I don't want to say that I was obvious, but... Part of me wanted to believe that it wasn't going to happen. But the Unbucks officially turned heel in AEW for the first time now. So we do know next week they are going to beat Pac and Ray Phoenix. That's obvious, to be honest. If it was on pay-per-view, it would be a lot different. But I think what they're leaning towards, they're going to do the Unbucks versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley at double or nothing. That's what it seems like they're going to do. That's what it seems like they're going to do. And I'm all for it. I'm all for Mox and Kingston win the tag team titles. I'm all for it. That's what I actually want to see. I really want to see that. But all right, guys. So now the Wednesday Night Wars are officially over now. NXT is going on Tuesdays permanently next week. And AEW is going to be all alone Wednesday nights now. It's finally over. Thank God it's finally done. But all right, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm actually going to do another episode right now because we got a trade to talk about in hockey with my New York Islanders. Got my Islanders gear on, obviously. You already know. I'm sure you guys are probably thinking, like, when was that going to come out? It's going to come out in a couple minutes. Let me just edit this a little bit right here, write it all down, the episode, blah, blah, blah. So in a few minutes, I'll be talking about the New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils trade. Hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I will talk to you guys in a few minutes. Thank you, guys.